Hello, uh, it's me, Ben, from this podcast, uh, just dropping in a, a, a little note um, before this episode, which I'm not on, just to say uh, that there it's some audio issues with it. Uh, it's perfectly listenable, but occasionally your ears will be assaulted by the loudest keyboard and mouse sounds in the known universe. Um, and I won't say whose fault that is, but I will say I think we're going to buy Jesse a microphone because we love him very much. We want him on the show more because he actually knows about stuff, which is kind of the opposite of us. Um, I had a great time listening to this episode, and I, I kind of wish that I had been on it, but instead I was I was getting day drunk. Say la vie. Anyway, um, have a great time listening to it. This is more just sort of to cover my ass. I don't want anyone to say, hey, could you have edited those things out? I want you to know that I know that those sounds are in there and I tried my best. And that's all we can do in this life. Um, enjoy Freemium Freebrewery if you're not a paid subscriber and you're getting this little bonus bonus episode for free. That's a little treat from us. That's on the house. Anyway, I've taken up enough of your time. Um, have a good one. Peace. Welcome to Buenta Vista. It's a bonus episode, and we're here in a lake full of piranhas. I can't really swim, and I'm slowly having my flesh ripped from my body by swarms of angry little fish. Frankly, given the state of the world, this is a sweet release for me. With me is my colleague Theo, currently just a disembodied head. Theo, how are you feeling? Look, pluses and minuses, I think. Yeah? Um, Like you said... Nice to be finally embraced by the the sweet shroud of of death. With that said, uh, still alive, still very much a floating head. Mm. Um, with my um, and and like, I have to say, the pace of the eating is getting slower. The less of me there is, mm. right? So right now, because I'm on a just sort of floating, they're, they're sort of like nibbling at the little flaps. Still very much alive, though. But, mm. uh, but very much alive. I cannot cannot state that enough. Um, yeah, to say that I'm in pain now would be sort of to be stretching the definition of pain. But um, as I said, on the plus side, uh, dead soon, I hope. Look I presume. the positives. You're yeah. a positive guy. I am. I am. That's what people love about, about me. You. <laughs> also with me is ex-husband of the show, Jesse, completely untouched by piranhas. Jesse, as a fish scientist, can you tell me scientifically and without any errors that anyone will write into the podcast about how you avoided this fate? Yeah, I find that a lot of issues between two two parties, whether they're the same species or different, can be solved with direct eye contact, a <laughs> solemn nod, and a bit of respect. <laughs> and that's what I that's what I deployed here today when these piranhas uh, set upon us. And I think they're listening, or at least they're saving me for last. So do you think we're like pushing ourselves as the alpha in a piranha situation? Are you are you making the piranha fearful? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of telling them, hey, there's a new, you know, it's going to be some changes around here. It's a new boss around here. Uh huh. Um, and seeing if they they seem to be cowing to my uh, display here. Wow. Um, Who knew? Yeah. Are you guys all right? 
No, I'm just a disembodied head sort of floating um, atop yeah. a, a red smear of water kind okay. of thing. Definitely information well, that listen, could let me ask more useful co- to me an hour ago. Well, I'm just going to say, I don't, think, I don't think it would have helped me. I'm not real good on the eye contact stuff, so right. I probably they would have... sensed your fear. They, they would have sensed it straight away. They would have said, hey, look, this guy's watched one video on YouTube on the alpha mindset. <laughs> Oh, decided it wasn't for him. <laughs> yeah, and um, he's not fooling anyone. <laughs> and then they would be biting my legs and genitalia. Yeah. Well, it's even harder with fish because they have, you know, they have one eye on one side of them usually, and then the other eye is all the way on the other side. So you have to make sure you contact both of those. Yes. Yeah. Sort of grab each one and like orient it <laughs> in the z-axis. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Just rotating these fish here. <laughs> but uh, you know while, while we're all stuck here i was thinking uh i was reading some interesting wikipedia articles uh i saw the movie underwater with Kristen stewart and tj miller oh uh, which one was it i actually you know i'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later it was, i actually liked it quite a bit um and so it's i was got Kristen stewart in you said it does uh <laughs> she's quite good in it um, <laughs> yeah she's kind of like she's got like frosted tips i think which is maybe less good, but I don't wow. know. Wow. All right. Yeah. Anyways, I was uh, on Wikipedia hold, like think about deep sea stuff as I usually am. And uh, you guys also expressed interest in some some horrors of the deep uh, that were mm. kind of adjacent to, to what happens in these movies. And, you know, I thought I might tell you guys uh, the story of the Biford Dolphin. Have you ever heard about that? No. No. Oh, yes. Yes. Great. Yes. Is that the one I know about? Um. We'll see, because okay. well, pro- yeah, almost definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right, and I and we've, we've got some time to kill as well, um, yeah. while we're yeah. waiting to be completely eaten. Right. Yeah. They're well. The fish are getting satiated now, and they're probably going to just kind of chill while they digest yeah. and then circle back around. Yeah. For they're yeah. probably going to be full for a while. You know. Yeah, I can tell them to buzz off maybe too, but um, in the meantime. Yeah, it's uh, kind of rude that you haven't done that yet. <laughs> given that you are the alpha piranha yeah. in this situation. Yeah, all right, let me just, just snapping I'm my sort fingers. Of, I'm sort like of just a... like dragging my spinal column uh, on the bottom of the thing here. Uh, and that's not real the... great. That's not working out great for me, but you can just tell them to go away. Just kind of like acting like a substitute teacher yelling at unruly children like, <laughs> yeah. guys uh i don't think so it's not on just, just thinking about on. the gun you've got in your car <laughs> <laughs> oh anyways are All you right. guys familiar with deep sea oil drilling Very i've done loosely. a bit in my time Great. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, it's uh, probably probably need a refresher. <laughs> uh, relatedly, have either of you played Metal Gear Solid Five? Yes. No. Okay. Well, if you remember, like the big bases you can set up, they're like on a big platform in the ocean, kind of. They kind of. Uh-huh. My point is, a deep sea oil platform is like kind of how we harvest, uh, you know, oil from the deep sea areas, obviously, and right. it's basically a big floating platform like you see in a lot of uh, science fiction. Um, and you see this on our document here, an example here in the top. Um, you guys see this diagram that says taking oh, yeah. plunge. Oh, it's just like Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, that's right. Is. That's right. I forgot about Oh, that's a great game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but right, I, so this I, seems good. Yeah, like, and I can oh, see here great, that's right? the twink deck there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it certainly looks powerful, right? Um, 
and something you will notice. Stamped uh, up. Stamped. We'll put this. We'll put this as the artwork yeah. for the podcast. There's definitely some some twink decks there. <laughs> for those out there who've seen the that Mark Wahlberg movie Deepwater Horizon, uh, that's kind of the thing mm-hmm. they're, they're on there. Uh, great movie, probably. I've never seen it. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I thought these were like. I foolishly thought this was just like a big tower that was going all the way to the bottom of the ocean. And right. it kind of started off that way because we were mining, obviously, like closer to shore because it's easier to get there. And then as society kind of sucked all those wells dry, we had to expand like deeper and deeper, uh, further out from the continental, on the continental shelf with our oil platforms. And the now the platforms are kind of like this gigantic floating, like mega city looking thing. Looks like Final Fantasy VII looking stuff with like a big, mm-hmm. strong. I think it's usually like a the drill is like a big cable almost that goes all the okay. way to the bottom of the ocean. You see this um, diagram here, and if you scroll down a little bit, I know the viewer can't see this, but there is a kind of a dot map on the Gulf of Mexico. So that's around Texas, and it's like all of the points where we've had one of these platforms sucking. I'm up gonna oil. say there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yes, it looks like a rash. Basically, it's not good. Yeah. Um. This is a thing That's that we like, that is do. like thousands of yeah. oil rigs. Yeah. I would have thought there'd be like three or four max at any time. Yeah, I've been completely off my game with thinking about how many oil rigs. Well, there yeah, are. We just we just haven't ke- kept up to date. Yeah. <laughs> You're not getting the subscription newsletters from uh, <laughs> yeah. Oil Magnate Weekly or whatever. But um, that's all right. I think Good it Lord. also might be that a lot of these platforms are like leased. Um, and exchange between different companies, maybe? I'm not super... Like, it, this, it might not be that all of these dots are active all the time. It might be just, like, over... Right. You know, you still a lot more platform. than I it's expected. It's so many. It's disgusting, but... Um, that's what you got to do when you need to burn fossil fuels and whatnot. But you might be wondering, how do they how do they snake a big, long drill all the way down to the bottom of the ocean, right? Like, how do, you, how do they do it? What happens if it breaks down there? Well... Are you either of you familiar with a diving bell? Yes, yes, loosely. Yeah. It's like I've got a little picture. It's like a, a big giant bell, basically, and uh, old-timey folks would like lower it into the water. The bell sinks, but it maintains this like pocket of air in the bell, and you can just sit in there in the bottom of the ocean. Is that just because uh, it's bell-shaped? It just doesn't get water in there? I, th- I think so. I Like, the pressure stuff of this it always feels like magic to me which is probably not great to say as a scientist but like i this feels like something that shouldn't work right this feels like little kid science right. to me yeah we're just going to take this air with us down there and, yes and we'll be fine it's like planes right. where the the science says that they fly that way but it doesn't make any sense well, science, nobody actually science, understands it science says that a plane can't actually fly that's right that's also true yeah yeah maybe we know that planes can't fly <laughs> They just don't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> anyway, this guy on the on the document, he looks pretty happy in his little diving he's bell. Just he's just out like in chilling just chilling in there, like it looks like a relaxed situation. Yeah, he's got a he's got a copy of Vanity Fair. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you see wearing the, his little knickerbockers? <laughs> do you see the other guy over there? He's a, he's got his little he has a hose basically attached to his helmet, and he is exploring the bottom of the ocean in a like metal suit. In style, oh, in one yeah. of his old-timey yeah. diving suits. Yeah, he's stepping so out. Cute. So aesthetic. <laughs> Is he a cane, I think, too? I'm zooming in. <laughs> he's got a little <laughs> <bit of> cane. <laughs> he's strolling through these, these reefs. And, and finally in this picture, we have a whiskey barrel 
uh, on a rope that they've just lowered to the bottom of the ocean as well, I think, yeah. just in case they want a little tipple. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's got a hose going up into the diving bell. So that's... Whiskey hose. Yeah. Probably for to. when you realize you're going to die, you're stuck at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. You can directly sup from the whiskey teat. Would either of you uh, actually do this, do you think? No, fuck no. No, absolutely not. No interest. No, I, like all sane people, understand that any water deeper than like two meters is... Not my business. It's it's simply none of my business. And, but Jesse, you, you love to revel in the trough of horrors. (laughs) You kind of... You, there's a new trough of horrors served every day that's like, oh, here's what's 10,000 meters down. And you say, yum, yum. Yes, please. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's kind of a pattern in my life is where I'm obsessed with learning more about um, things that could kill me horribly and things yeah. that are terrifying mm. cosmically. I was always afraid I got rabies because uh, it's like the worst disease on earth. Uh, and I was like obsessed with just reading all about them. And I think that just transferred over probably in a healthy and normal way. Uh, to my mm. professional life as well. Yeah. I'm afraid my front steps will kill me. I think that's, that's reasonable, well, being I, over I, the I, age I, of 30. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a big risk. I, I coughed yesterday and I, like, pulled my neck for oh, like, yeah. and it still hurts. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that this decade. It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one one kinda, night wait, I, I had... slept wrong and it, like, oh. somehow... Um, uh, like flesh got sucked up between two of my vertebrae, and so oh, if I tried no. to turn my head, my like vertebrae would just crush that little tongue of flesh in my neck. Oh, and um, I couldn't go to work or anything because I slept wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, very stupid. Getting old is. I had to do that. Rules. rules. I was like, I can't turn my neck to the right here. I'm gonna lay down. Yeah, but you're you're telling us, Jesse, that there's yep. all ways that we could just be killed instantaneously under the ocean yes. and yep. be released from this released from this prison. Yeah. I think you could call it something like that. Um, you know, Lu- Lucy, do you remember when I went on that research cruise and I went? I actually got the opportunity to go down in the Alvin mm. to four thousand mm-hmm. meters, right? But that's in like a a thing that looks closer to this picture on the right, which is like a big steel dome, essentially. Um, a wet dome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I felt. I was like kind of really freaked out like six hours beforehand because I was like, what if I just super die in here? Um, I was actually more worried about the power going out on the sub at the bottom and then being like stuck there in the dark. With, and getting like, like space madness, but with, ocean like, two madness. Other people. Yeah. There's then, not enough movies about going ocean crazy. At some point, somebody has to poop too. Yeah. It's, it, the space is confined such that you're like laying down. So it's not like you're roaming freely. Everyone's kind of in their little corner hunched up uh, have you guys seen dust boot no is that, the is that about going ocean crazy it, it, it it's it's sort of about going ocean crazy it's about a um a, a german u-boat um it's a german movie and at one point they you know they have to sink to the bottom of the ocean to avoid capture and they lose power and basically like what you're saying and like people are like freaking out and stuff and then i read um, one of the guys that was that was on it's like this movie is bullshit. <laughs> you know, we all we all maintained professional. <laughs> oh, for sure. He didn't. <laughs> oh, I'd be going space or ocean crazy immediately. 
Absolutely. Yeah, they'd have to put me in the fucking release hold immediately and just jet me out into the... Yeah, I'd go immediately crazy. I'd be like guy from Sunshine staring directly into the sun crazy in like five minutes. Like immediately loading myself into a torpedo. (laughs) (laughs) Needing a a second to fire me (laughs) back into the harbour. Jesse, I think our listeners would be very interested to learn about the piss and shit situation. Yeah, um, yeah, tell yeah, us more sure. about the piss and yeah. shit. Um, so, so it's like a if you're going to let's say five thousand meters or four thousand meters, it's like a two hour trip to sink down, right? And then it's you're trying to in a sub like this collect data and stuff for ideally like four hours um, until or until the batteries are getting low, at which point you start rising up, which takes maybe another two hours. So overall, it's like eight hour day, right? There is mm. no toilet on these subs. There is, I believe, there's like a a cone and there's bags and it's mm-hmm. it's in little curtains so you can kind of separate yourself from like your basically your boss <laughs> while, you're, mm-hmm. while you're pissing as quietly as possible next to them. Um, I don't know what happens if you have to poop. I think there is there's like bags and stuff, but it's there's no. I don't think anyone there wants to think about it. Um, you just take a lot of emodium beforehand or something, right? That's what I'd do. I drink a bunch of coffee to dehydrate <laughs> myself and pee a bunch. And then I, I kind of remembered in my head, like, oh, no, coffee. That's that's a recipe for diarrhea. That could go bad. Um, yeah. But it's fine. I had right. sandwiches down there, too. The pilot brought little sandwiches for us. It was delicious. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. So nobody pooped. Nobody pooped. No. To your knowledge. No one pooped. Okay. No one actually peed either. I was pretty pretty proud of all three of us. Cool. There. Yeah. Dry boys. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dry, two, two, dry, two dry boys and one dry, and dry girl. Yeah. That's... Wow. Oh. Anyways. Wow. Uh, you want to hear about something horrible? Um, yeah. So you see the more modern equivalent of our diving bells here on the right, that blue thing. Um, that's yeah. something that people would be using more in modern times to go down there, establish like a seal with trail or whatever and do whatever uh, fancy maintenance stuff that I don't understand. Um, today, today we're going to talk about one of these uh, oil platforms that had a bit of an accident with a diving bell in yeah. the freak oil field. <laughs> Whoopsie of the highest order, I think. Um, so let's get into it. So the Bifur Dolphin, and I'm quoting mostly from the Wikipedia page here because it's actually very thorough and there's a, a, another book on it that I'll, by... Jim Lim- Limbrick, I was thinking about picking up about sad uh, deaths at sea. So, shout out to that book, uh, North Sea Divers: A Requiem. Um, but here we go. The Biford Dolphin was a semi-submersible, column-stabilized drilling rig operated by Dolphin Drilling, a Fred Olson Energy subsidiary. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't. Sure, that's what I would name my company. I guess I just name that. Uh, drilled seasonally for various companies in the UK and Danish and Norwegian sectors of the North Sea, and it was registered in Hamilton, Bermuda, which I don't know if that's like a tax. I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, I think they just enjoy the vibes. That's true. It is nice down there. Um, today, this rig is mostly known for a serious accident that happened in 1983 uh, that involves something we'll talk about a lot today called explosive decompression. So I want all uh, both of you to reach back into your mind palace um, mm. and, and find the, your your time machine and, and jump into it and come back with me to Saturday, November fifth, nineteen eighty three, four a.m. Um, 
We are drilling in the Frigg gas field in the Norwegian sector of the North Sea. If anyone knows where the North Sea is, it's kind of like right off the west coast of Norway. Sure. And I'm picturing us all like we've gone back to the 80s and we all have really silly haircuts. Yeah, like just want that clear. Yeah, I've yeah. got a little um, I got a little sh- uh, what do you call it? Like a, a cap, not a captain's hat, like one of the little visor. F- no, one of the little fur. Uh, oh yeah, like beret sort of things. Wow, that, mm, that's and, your and style. A, and a jaunty little pipe oh, as well. Okay. I'm, sm- I'm smoking in the chamber. Oh. In the diary. We're all smoking. Diary, we're all smoking, we're all smoking at all times. It's probably fine, though. It's going to be... Not a problem. Okay, so we have four divers in a diving chamber system uh, that has finished, you know, servicing on, like, I think it was, like, 16-hour days at the bottom of the ocean um, on this rig. There's, like, four dudes in there. Um, and their names, they're divers, uh, professional divers named Edwin Arthur Coward, which is... And that's me, 35 years old. <laughs> pretty, pretty oh. Oh. Roy P. Lucas. Oh, boy. Uh, Lucy, could you try and... You know how to do these types Bjorn of things. Bjorn Glaver Bergeson. Great. Bjorn, like from ABBA. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is yeah. the guy from ABBA. Oh, I think it's the gosh. guy from ABBA. No one else would be named Bjorn. Bjorn. Uh, and Truls Helvik. Apologies to any of your Norwegian listeners for saying those wrong, but no, oh, we've already shaken them off yeah. <laughs> with, <laughs> with Andrew's guns. racist tweets. <laughs> oh no, the Dutch. Um, oh, and there's also two dive tenders in this situation. There's William Cramond and Martin Saunders. So, do you see this kind of crude diagram that someone has edited for the Wikipedia page under this? Oh, I thought um, you drew this. I wish I drew this. It's basically an MS Paint style, but it's it's informative. It's basically setting up our situation here. What we have is a bunch of divers that have come up from work on a deep sea platform, and the inside of the diving bell, when they've been working, has to, the way the system works, is the inside is pressurized to nine atmospheres, um, and that's to push on externally the pressure of the ocean pushing in, if that makes sense. Sure. So it's basically the way they would do this is, in the diving bell, the slowly uh, the pressure is in- increasing on the inside even because uh, apparently the human body can tolerate nine atmospheres if you slowly crank it up. Keyword okay. is uh, apparently keyword is slowly, um, and so obviously like what we live at every day in our houses is around one atmosphere, um, and so we have this big chamber with all these four divers in there. Uh, this comes up. This attaches to another series of chambers on the deck of the oil platform itself. And the goal here is is to slowly bleed off the pressure within the diving bell so that the divers inside can normalize their bodies with uh, the pressure that we live in and safely you know, exit into real life. Um, and unfortunately, it does not go that way. Um, and we'll get into why mm. for some of the reasons. Um, and it, it is at this point that uh, maybe... If you guys want to give some sort of content warning for a uh, gross, if stuff. you don't like the scenes in movies, in space movies where someone's head explodes in space, log off now. Yeah, and then it's... log back on in fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah, come back a little later. Check oh. in later. See what's going on. So this is uh, this is not going. With, I'll just cut to the chase. It does not. It's not going to go well for these people. And I, I, it's. I think it's important to to recognize the 
the dignity of these people. They are professionals, so I feel bad. I don't, we don't want to dunk on these people. Um, and I especially can, you know, I could relate in the fact that the way I die will definitely be as, as stupid and senseless and slapstick meaningless as, as the way these people are about to go out. So uh, it is a sad story, and but it is probably the, one of the wildest things I've ever heard. Um, but these dudes are, we're all professionals. Um, and so you're like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but so here's kind of how it went down. So we have this hyper-pressurized chamber. It's basically like a big pressure bomb attached to these, the deck, right? And so it's just the diving bell that's hyper-pressurized, or is it also these these chambers that are connected to it? I think the chambers are are atmospheric pressure. Okay. And the seal should, I think, somehow in the trunk, um, with, you see this clamp here is what ends up being kind of this... this the sticky so got, wicket, yeah. as it were. Um, yeah, so you've got the diving bell, which is hyper-pressurized, connected to two depressurization chambers here, which is where they are currently. Right. Right. And the the goal is, is to slowly um, kind of acclimate this inner this attached chamber to everyone else so that uh, nothing bad uh, happens. But, okay, so the normal procedure to actually accomplish this would have been... Um, Closing the diving bell door, which would have been open to the trunk, slightly increasing the pressure in the diving bell to seal the bell door tightly. Uh, closing chamber one door, which was also open to the trunk, slowly depressurize the trunk until it reached a pressure of one atmosphere, and then open the clamp to separate the diving bell from the chamber system. So, oh, maybe, you know what? Maybe this is, they were preparing, I have it backwards, maybe they're preparing to get go down and they are hyper-pressurizing it's kind of unclear mm. what what the process is going in and out here, but like, essentially, they're trying to do everything really slowly, and at some point, everything just explodes all at once, um, and or rather implodes. So the first two steps, that closing the diving bell door and slightly increasing the pressure of the diving bell, um, that had been completed, and so that's the step now was to close the chamber one door to kind of follow through with this whole system here in the protocols, but. Um, the so what appears to have happened is that Crammond, one of the tenders, the people outside, opened this clamp that was ch- keeping this thing sealed before one of the people on the inside could close his door. So this basically allowed for a situation where diving bell was open and the atmospheric side was open. And then you have an extreme difference in pressure across all these systems um, mm-hmm. that is going to basically try and fix itself like immediately with such force that uh, it's an explosion, essentially. Does that make sense so far? I know that's a lot of weird diagnostics sure. and stuff. Yeah, it it seems to me like they've got like one of those, um, you know, you're playing Doom or whatever, and there's a the the chamber in between where you step and the doors close, yes. and then all of the fog comes in to, you know, do the magic where it matches up the pressure, and then you move to the other one. But in doing this, they, um. They fucked up, and that thing in the middle was that chamber in the middle was was attached to both ends at the same right. time, which you don't want because one of them's at nine atmospheres, one of them's at one atmospheres, and nature doesn't like two pressures being extremely different. It doesn't sound good to me for that to happen yeah. to my body. No, and also consider that your body is like also full of. 
it has air spaces within it. You know, your lungs have air in them. So all of the air that is, first of all, in the diving bell period is going to want to suck out of that room and into the uh, one atmosphere chamber. It's also going to do that inside your body yeah. itself. Right. With yeah. Like when you look at your water bottle at the end of a long flight and it's sucked inwards. Is this similar to that or the opposite of that? Uh, where it's sucked inwards. Yes, that's right. Yeah. All oh, right. And you're like, hmm, that doesn't seem like something I should be doing to my body, but here I am. I mean, I feel fine, right? Yeah. I feel fine. Um, So the point is, huge amount of air in that diving bell gets sucked out all at once. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to give one more warning. It's going to get gross. Okay. So here's kind of what they were able to piece together. Medical investigations were carried out on the remains of the four divers and of one of the tenders. One of the tenders is, is the guy on the other side of the that chunk on the one atmosphere side. Um, The most notable finding was the presence of large amounts of fat in the large arteries and veins in the cardiac chambers of the bodies, as well as intravascular fat in organs, especially the liver. The fat was unlikely to be embolic, but must have precipitated from the blood in situ. Oh, no. Typically, the blood and fat... So, blood... So, fat has gone into the blood and then into their organs and then it's just like all right now i've got some of the fat that used to be in your leg is now in your gallbladder i think it's i think essentially yeah it's the the autopsy suggests that the rapid bubble formation in the blood so all of that air getting sucked out of you makes all this these bubbles and this denatures the lipoprotein complexes so that's like the complexes of fat molecules with proteins and renders the lipids insoluble. So it basically all comes out of solution at once. Yeah. Um, which means you are basically everything that was dissolved fat wise in your body is now becoming undissolved, which is That's, uh, not an ideal no situation. Good. Oh, jeez, this next sentence. The blood of the three divers left intact inside the chambers likely boiled instantly, stopping their circulation. The fourth diver was dismembered and mutilated by the blast, forcing him out through the partially blocked doorway and would have died instantly. Yeah, Howard? I think that's safe yeah. to say. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's probably dead. Yeah, that's one way to go out. Um, yeah. Coward, Lucas, and Bergerson were exposed to the effects of explosive decompression and died in the positions indicated by the diagram, Just. It's like, again, like an MS paint drawing, but uh, mm-hmm. investigations by forensic pathologists determined that Helovic being exposed to the highest pressure gradient and then in, in, in the process of moving to secure the inner door was forced through the crescent-shaped opening measured 60 centimeters long created by the oh jammed interior trunk door. Um, For, mm, I think we need to examine this sentence. Yeah. So he was forced through the crescent-shaped opening Measuring sixty centimeters. Now, it's sixty centimeters for uh, your American Jesse. Yeah, I'm I'm bewildered by this number. What does that 20, mean? Twenty four inches. Like two that rulers. is that's two two, f- two feet long. Two rulers. Now that is smaller than I understand a a person to be. Hmm. I'm pretty small, but yeah, I'm holding this up to my body, and I don't think I could fit through this. Yeah, I mean, apparently you can fit through it. If, oh, oh. Given if you enough, try hard enough. Yeah, if you try hard enough, you can do anything. Flatten your body oh, like no. a little huntsman spider. Well, and it's not like this man had the time to, like, orient himself, mm. you know, to, to squeeze through like you're diving in a pool. He just, it just took him as is, slammed him into that hole. That is horrifying. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Y- yeah. I don't know about you guys, but this is the kind of thing that uh, I always am haunted by the idea of small little oopsies again uh, turning into yeah. the worst thing you could ever have known. <laughs> the worst thing imaginable. Um, I mean, hopefully it sounds like they all died pretty quickly. They didn't know oh, that no this doubt. happened to their body inside of their body. Yeah, no doubt. I have None of my business. Instantaneous. Um, and then you're just a ghost there being like, whoa, that was, that was crazy. That was crazy what happened there. Did you guys see that? Um, okay, so let's continue. With the escaping air and pressure, it included... Okay, here's another warning sentence. With the escaping air and pressure, it included bisection of his thoraco-abdominal cavity, which resulted in fragmentation of his body, following by expulsion of all of the internal organs of his chest and abdomen, except the trachea and a small section of small intestine, and of the thoracic spine. These were projected some distance, one section being found 10 meters vertically above the exterior pressure door. <sighs> so... Oh. Like there's there's body parts everywhere, like internal body parts everywhere. Well, they're external now, and they're, they're external quite now. a long way away. So, oh. so it, it has just fired all of his organs, which are now attached to nothing else above and beyond and wherever wherever it goes. Ten meters is uh. 30 feet for fellow Americans. Thanks. That's where they found his spine, I think? Or all of his... Or- oh, jeez. Yeah. So well, did, I- did anyone survive this? Um, so if, you'll, if we go back to this diagram here, we have the two mm. tenders outside. I believe right. both of them... Are they in the ocean? Died. Are they in the water? No, this is all actually on the side, like on their deck. So no, the water is not even involved oh, as far as I understand okay. yet. Because, because they had to pressurize this diving bell such that to prepare it for or, or for the right. crushing depth. So just the routine thing and they've cooked it. Yeah, yeah. they're basically deplaning essentially. Um, and there's this vital step to not uh, have everyone explode. And that's so, goofed. So the four of them, the four divers all died. Yes. The guy that had the little oopsie, the tender on the outside that opened yep. the clamp mm-hmm. too early, he died. And then the final tender, um, Saunders... Mm. Was severely injured, so he's okay. the only survivor. Is the guy right. standing on the so other not side the guy of the that diving bell? The, no, the the guy that, that did oh, the oopsie. I'd have some questions. Got exploded. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's just the one guy survives. Okay. Um, yeah, Lucy, it's funny you say you have questions. There, mm. you're not the only one. We will get into some interesting. Oh, things. yeah, they're going to prod the whatever's left. Yeah, can you can you guys imagine being the forensic? like detective assigned to this yeah thing or like the osha person or what, just whatever showing up and being like oh fuck's sake <laughs> this <Wow>. again <laughs> and just like counting the amount of bodies all right so we've got one guy survive we've got what four bodies here and then there's whatever that is over there. Yeah. So whatever that is over there is just one guy. Miscellaneous. Miscella- miscellaneous. So uh, needless to say, there were questions about how this happened. Um, so there's an initial committee that was investigating this accident, uh, and they concluded this was human error on the part of the, the tender, like we said, um, who opened the clamp. Um, they, they said basically this guy just did it too early um, was the idea. Right. Um, so there's like apparently there's this thing that looks like a butterfly valve disc, which is 
anyone knows their valves. It's just kind of the, the flap, I think, in the center of a, of a big tube that rotates to seal or unseal. Basically, that somehow got kind of locked poorly on something uh, as this dude was not really understanding how to open this thing and when, I guess, is their idea. Okay. Um, so whatever he whatever he allegedly did was crea- uh, created an opening that was 24 inches across horizontally, and it's not clear whether uh, the tender who opened the clamp before the trunk was depressurized did so by order of his supervisor on his own initiative or because of miscommunication. At the time, the only communication to the tenders on the outside of the chamber system was through a bullhorn attached to the wall surface with heavy noise from the rig and the sea. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Stupid. When did this happen? The 80s? 83. 83. Yeah, I mean... Um, it is still the ocean, too, so you've got the whole, probably not great conditions, I don't know, in the North Sea. It sounds rough. Yeah. Um, and also, here's a great, this really clinches it. Fatigue from many hard hours of work also took its toll among the divers, who often worked 16-hour shifts. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so what you want is a situation in which after you've worked 16 hours, you can get upstairs and you mishear something through a fucking Flintstone's yeah, <laughs> like bullhorn thing. Uh, open the thing. Uh, open the thing, mm-hmm. and then you have Boom. a little oopsie, and uh, everyone gets jibbed like they're in the fucking quake engine. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that perhaps putting this on human error might be. Uh, There's probably a lot more to it. Extending a little bit. Uh, Really Too much agency on the guy, yeah. Mm. Only humans could get ourselves killed in this regard, too. Like no, I've seen no... A, I've I've seen the crab gif. Oh, good point. Well, we kind of had a hand in that, I suppose, too, though. Uh, that's so yeah, that's true. Actually. It wasn't the crab's point. <laughs> no, yes. a crab. It's not in a crab's nature to get sucked in a decompression, a depressurized pipe. Um, I that no joke it used to give me nightmares. That little gif. Around the internet, the crab being sucked into a pipe. It's so sad. The crab pipe, yeah. Crab pipe. pipe. Um, So the incident was also attributed to engineering failure. I won't get into the super intense details on this. Basically, some people within the company are saying, yeah, this guy goofed up. Uh, It's, you know, the equipment was fine. Nothing could be done. Yeah, it's just a shame, you know. Uh, We're going to have to not uh, take any responsibility for this. But uh, so... Among others, uh, the former crew members of the Biford Donvan and NOPEF, which is a Norwegian oil and petrochemical union. Uh, so since the years, since 83, they've like started a whole fuss about this being a cover-up. Uh, and they claim that the commission that investigated the accident did not mention in the report that the irresponsible dispensations on vital equipment resected by, requested by COMEX, which is the, uh, the oil company, mm-hmm. and authorized by the diving uh, section to the Norwegian Petroleum Directorate, which played a vital role in the accident's occurrence. So this is a long way of saying uh, that former crew members are saying are coming forward with their union and saying this equipment, you know, we requested new equipment to keep everything well maintenanced and well working well, uh, and this company couldn't do that for us, and so this was a an issue with like we had shitty equipment, so of course there was uh, an accident. Okay. That's not their fault. Um, they're basically everyone's saying, yeah, we didn't have like the right clamps. Uh, everything was like we didn't have pressure gauges we needed, um, and so the company kind of just pushed it under the under the rug and said, "Oh, this this dumb idiot uh, opened the door too early, and you know, look what you get." Um, but fortunately, I think the pressure little... the pressure gauge one is like 
the one that sticks to me. It's like yeah, you could just have like a little thing like on your barbecue, you know, a little fucking <laughs> a little gauge that's like it's got on one side um, everyone's organs are sucked inside to out, and on the other side is safe. And you don't ins- you just look at where that needle is before you open the thing, and right. you think like that'd be a super easy thing to do. But well, apparently, that might, that might push up costs a little bit. To be a honest, a little yeah, that's yeah. Ta- taking the profit margin. Yeah, uh, I can't believe low. an oil company an would oil company. not care about the health of their employees. It doesn't line up with what I know um, personally. Yeah, but, uh, it, it's kind of not surprisingly, there was a lawsuit over this. Um, there's this North Sea Divers Alliance that formed uh, from the the relatives of people that had died in these accidents and other divers. Um, it's like this is a group of professionals basically, and like. It's also kind of a slap in the face to be like, this guy just didn't know what he was doing. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty rough professionals take for it. that guy, for yeah. his family. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's no joke. It's it's like not only are you super dead, your legacy is shit on like, by that guy's an oil fault. company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the one of the uh, daughters of uh, one of the victims, Roy Lucas, so Claire Lucas, the daughter said, I would go as far to say the Norwegian government murdered my father because they knew uh, they were diving with unsafe decompression chambers. The families of the divers did eventually receive compensation for the damages from the Norwegian government 26 years after the incident. Wow. Um, so not from the company. Not from, <laughs> from the company, from the Norwegian government. So, um, And I was, I was looking around for like how much they might have gotten, and I found this article that suggested... Um, each of the family members got somewhere in like the six figures okay. of settlement money. It's not really that helpful 26 years after. No. no, yeah, again, this was 26 years later, too. Um, I don't know, six figures also seems a little low, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you get that much from like life insurance. <laughs> it's like, sorry we imploded. Um, sorry we imploded your imploded your dad. Yeah, <laughs> but we did exploded. get one of those life insurance. Um, things that they sell on the seven o'clock show. Yeah. So oh, it didn't include good. decompression. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Just just compression. None of the you know, mm. it's mm. tough. Um. So there's kind of a, a kind of a silver lining to this horrible story, and that I guess the families received some sort of recompense. I think, but uh, I don't know. I always grew like I I think I learned this story years ago i just heard about it and was like oh that sucks to be that dude that fudged up and then now reading it it's like yeah of course of course this is kind of how it was is this yeah company it wasn't just a little work oopsie it's kind of frustrating really frustrating but um so yeah uh i hope all of you never lose your spines to explosive decompression um, that sounds really bad, yeah. Like, it's not it's not high on my list of preferred death methods. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I think if it was in space, I'd be fine with it. But because someone else has to, like, they have to get the Viscera cleanup crew in to fucking sort me out. I don't want that for people. That's true. Like, you're oh, feeling bad while it's happening. Someone's got to clean up your spine and your intestines and the yeah, fat that's now in your it. in your veins and your bloodstream. Yeah. I think it's just in all everything. that every Everywhere that there was blood before, there is now, like, fat that was in the blood now jellified. Yeah. And then you're also exploding at the same time. And at least if you do this in space, like, you're experiencing the majesty of 
of space. But here, yeah. like, he was just, he was just a, well, his hold job. On. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to talk shit about the deep sea here. You're going to be like, oh, you're just dying in the. I was going to have to defend. No, I think sea. Lucy's saying that like you die and then your lung is sort of hung over a fucking salty pole <laughs> in the cold air. Yeah. And they've got to send up the the yeah. you know third hand to poke you off with a broomstick. Oh god. Oh, I don't uh, think that's the most majestic death that one can hope for. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the movie uh, Deep Star Six? I remember me and Lucy watched this once. No. Oh, like, you're gonna love it. Uh, there's a scene here where I believe his name is Miguel Ferrer, the uh, the guy from Put Twin Peaks, who's like kind of an asshole, who's also a detective. Mm. Um, he gets his head explosively decompressed uh, because he launches upward from the bottom of the ocean. He does like the classic oh, hell. thing that I would do, where he's yeah. like, "I gotta get out of here," and then just books it and exp- it explodes. Um, <laughs> Sophia, if you're interested in, in seeing that uh, for some okay. reason, there's a pretty awful scene right there. Um, Great film, good, though. honestly, good movie. I I loved it. I is it know. is it like nonfiction? <laughs> I think it's uh, no. First of all, though, it's got like weird deep sea alien stuff. Um, it's got like fake Kurt Russell uh, in like a sea lab situation, but it goes bad, and there's like a a monster chasing them, and they like have to fight it with these compressed air spear guns. See, so saying that's great. not. What happens? From what I understand, that might have been a at least a memoir, but I don't think it was nonfiction. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good movie. It's, it's all right. That's all I can think about. It. What's it called? Uh, Deep Star Six. It's like from the eighties, and I think it was on Amazon Prime when we watched it. Was it? Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Yes, Deep that's Space exactly Nine. Um, there's also. Have you guys seen the? You haven't seen the Kristen Stewart underwater movie. I can't no, is this um, new? It's new-ish. It's called you? Underwater. That's right. Okay. Um, I actually really liked it, uh, but T.J. Miller, who's kind of, uh, I think he's been he's kind of canceled now. He has one of the most horrible deaths in any movie I've ever seen um, huh. in that film. That is, it is basically he gets. I guess if our episode was about explosive decompression, he gets implosive compressed. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was just looking at this um National Airlines Flight twenty seven that you sent me this morning, Jesse. Oh yeah, did you like that? I was on the decompression uh, Wikipedia. Just hole. a little bit of decompression in the plane and one passenger was partially blown into the opening made by a failed cabin window. Um efforts to pull the passenger back into the airplane by another passenger were unsuccessful. And he was sucked entirely through the cabin window. This is my no. plane nightmare. This is my worst nightmare. Oh. This happened to a woman on a plane a couple, like two years ago as well. The um, the window just blew out. What? And then she got her head sucked out, <gasps> and they like held onto her and they tried to pull her back in, but um, oh, she like... had died because the plane is going extremely fast and yeah, you and... will just be wrecked. That's a final destination like... death right there. It's like what negative sixty degrees or something outside as well. Yeah, it's freezing out there. I think a lot of people don't like realize this that if something happens in the in the sky, like it's you'll just it's ice cold up there. Yeah, and there's and there's no air as well, so you you you'll be cold and then you fall asleep. Yep. 
there's an episode of The Outer Limits where an alien uh, gaslights a like a fascist senator into uh, decompressing in his own airplane and jumping out. Um, oh yeah. Played by uh, the alien, played by the marvelous CCH uh, Pounder, I believe, from The Shield. Fantastic show. It's like Twilight Zone, but from the nineties. No, I've been wow. meaning to watch The Shield. Yeah. Uh, that show, uh, <laughs> I watched that way too young on a portable DVD player in my room uh, without my parents' knowledge, and I should not have done that. It's really no good. Good show. No good. All right, we have fifteen minutes left. Did you have another story in mind, Jesse? Oh, I, I thought if we had time, I could share this weird. Um, first of all, did you guys know that Sea Lab was like a real thing? You know, the Adult Swim show that was like cartoons. I did not uh, know this was a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, no. I, I haven't actually seen much of the show, so I just think Sequest DSV. And if you told me that's a real thing, I would kind of yeah. nod and say, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Babylon 5? Is that... Yeah. It's the same thing. Sure. Uh, it's all the same thing. Yeah, Babylon 5 insane, happened to a buddy like... of mine. <laughs> Uh, apparently they actually did, of course the U.S. did this um, during Vietnam. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, it was during the Vietnam era, and they built like an undersea base just to see what what we what would happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like some really weird, there's nothing that's like that crazy that went on, but except for this one, there's like some leaks and stuff and some capers. And then the, the Wikipedia has this insane one paragraph uh, that is never really touched on ever again. So while they're like going undergoing these, all these people are in this underwater little mini, uh, mini Bioshock city, right? This little tube uh, underwater and there's all these scientists and divers and they're undergoing their week long decompression in there. uh, Similar to what the other folks from our story failed to do. Um, But apparently they were doing this and quote, repeated attempts were made to sabotage their air supply by someone aboard the command barge. Oh, oh no! Eventually, a guard was posted on the decompression chamber, and the men were recovered safely. A potentially unstable suspect was identified by the staff psychiatrist, but the culprit was never prosecuted. He was going say crazy. Yeah, so apparently, crazy. Right. Um, yeah, so apparently they found someone who like might have been unstable and, and been doing this. And the author of this book about it suggests that uh, they didn't. Navy did not prosecute push for prosecution because it would make a bad press, I guess. I don't know. It's I, I love bad. these clandestine operations because, like, they're the they're the wonderful combination of um, of like basically infinite funding because it's wartime and uh, zero, um, like anyone like oversight. Oversight, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like Ben and Ben and I did uh, an episode. Ben um, was telling me about the secret nuclear ice base they made in Greenland during the Cold War. And it's just like everything that could be going wrong was going wrong. Um, and But it's like, well, better just pour more money into this secret lab on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, the only problem we have is someone keeps fucking with the oxygen supply. And uh, to that guy, we say, please stop doing that. <laughs> if you're the one know. that keeps fucking with the oxygen supply, <laughs> we request respectfully that you stop. Passive aggressive note on like the yeah, your mother microwave. doesn't work here. <laughs> uh, hey guys, could somebody be doing these dishes? And uh, also, whoever is putting uh, nitrous oxide in my air supply, please stop doing that. Thanks. Yeah. Little yeah. emoji. 
little smiley face. We don't have dish fairies. Also, please stop doing that. <laughs> well, would, would you guys live in an undersea habitat, assuming no one was poisoning your large Absolutely no. not. Not no. a chance. Not yes, interested. Y'all crazy. I'd do that in a second. Let's do Where, it. When Happy is on the, land. When has there ever been like a movie or game or TV series about an underwater ocean city going well? Hmm. Uh, Star Wars prequels, the Gungans or whatever. Oh, that's or, so true. But yeah. they... Sure. But, I mean, I I would trust the Gungans. I don't trust <laughs> humans to do this. Trust... Well, that's, it's a scathing indictment of humans. <laughs> it's all bad. Even in video games, nothing good happening under there. There's always an eel that will pop out of a hole in the wall. Yeah. There's always a bigger fish. All your shit's going to get rusty within, like, three days. That's, that's so true. true. I was thinking about getting a saltwater aquarium for my house because I'm like turning 30 soon or whatever, and mm-hmm. that's the future, I guess, for me. Yeah, you should do it. Um, but the saltwater is just such a pain in the ass; it just rusts out everything. Um, it's just it's a real yeah. It does all the bunch. Of stuff. It's just a huge pain. I'm gonna we, when if I ever become a weird rich uncle guy that lives by himself and has too much money, I'll buy aquariums and get saltwater with it. Yeah, yeah. You you want a good money pit that's not gonna like. Mm-hmm be like the thing that people say oh well he's finally gone mad he's created his own you know demolition derby in his backyard or whatever like i think a, a saltwater aquarium that's like three stories tall is a respectable money pit oh that'd be so sick yeah you, you got a fucking a, a grouper in there yeah just have oh, a God, no. grouper aquarium yeah why don't rich guys have aquariums anymore I, I think some do, but you're right. I think they always go for like the really tacky '80s cocaine aquariums with like the fake yeah. corals and stuff. Yeah. I would want like a really nice, big, uh, like stream ecosystem one that I could hang out in. We really got the shittiest billionaires on our timeline, didn't we? So like stupid. Elon, Elon Musk just does not have the intellectual curiosity to have a saltwater aquarium no. complex. Hey, and he could. He's going for the fucking. Like he's partially going the Rick and Morty aesthetic thing. Like if yeah. you want to be, if you yeah. want to be a billionaire and have fun with it, build yourself at like an evil lair with a three-story right. saltwater aquarium. Like surely I bet his house he, looks like shit. His it house looks, looks so like tacky. shit. Dog shit. Like Elon is just like the worst uh, billionaire indulgences ever. It's like you can't even do cool. Bonville yeah. and stuff. Yeah, at, you're right. You're absolutely at right. least Peter Thiel is like draining young boys of their blood and using them to like replenish his X-Files vitality. Stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, Inspired. Jeff Bezos is dismantling a bridge or whatever. Uh, Elon is just like ruining cities by tunneling under them or whatever with their yeah, like a tunnel that doesn't work, but it's got like rainbow lights or something in it. Uh, making cars <laughs> that self-immolate if you look at them too hard or whatever. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, um, yeah, can you can you guys imagine him testing the the nitrate concentration in his aquarium? <laughs> yeah, <I don't> think <laughs> so. just like being doing something painstaking and slow. I oh, the mind reels. I do need to test my aquarium today. Yeah, how yeah. involved is this aquarium set up? Do you have um, to do a lot? Is it busy work? Ha- well, first of all, I have to do. This is like my. This is, this is your passion. Uh, no, actually, there's like, if you want to like not have a bunch of dead animals um, and have an aquarium that is, my goal is to make like a little tiny ecosystem, which I realize is, uh, I, I, 
I realize some people just get into like get a fake tank full of fake stuff and then put like nice fish in it, which seems just so yeah, stupid little, to me. A little pirate ship. A little I, oh, I have a skull in there for sure. So I got some fake <laughs> oh, yeah. stuff, but I put some plants in there to, uh, you know, make some oxygen for some fish. I got a snail in there cleaning up the algae situation. I got a testing kit. I'm out here doing partial water changes. I'm very smelly. I'm covered in swamp water. Um, the snail, one of my snails, I think, had a baby. Things are huge here. So, yeah, it's kind of a lot, actually. That sounds so really got busy. a lot going on. I got a lot. I yeah. basically have kids and stuff. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And don't even <laughs> get me started on how fast the hornwort is growing. Like, my goodness. Inches the per what? day we're talking. Hornwort. Ooh, here's another uh, underwater algae. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to send you this work that I think is funny. No, that's yeah. Okay. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. What, uh, what see- switches you got on that keyboard there, Jesse? Yeah, what's going on there? What's that Do you sound? like that? Does that sound really good? Um, what is that? that? Are those, is that your phone? Are those cherry my, blues? It's my maybe the worst laptop anyone's ever made. It's my old uh, Dell. Lucy, you remember? You know that computer. Yeah. The, st- the stinky one with the uh, made the fan noises. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, the stinky machine. The stinky machine. That's how you know a computer is good, is when it makes a lot of noise when yeah. it's working. Yeah. That's how you know it's thinking. Okay, uh, at the top, I, I put this word. I want one of you to say it. That's how you know the PS4, the base PS4 was good. It was good for its time. The, the air out the back of that stank. Oh, that oh it smells so, so bad. <laughs> so bad. That's the good Sorry, stuff. what does that say? Subwasser okay. tang? Picture an umlaut somewhere in here. I think it's Subwassertang. Subwassertang, maybe? Subwassertang. Subwassertang. I'm watching a lot of Aquarium Guy YouTube. Um, What's that like? Watch. It's so good. This guy, um, Serpa Designs, is just, he goes through his whole aquarium and he's like, got this most monotone, chill voice. And he's like, I'm using lava rocks to pr- provide a lot of surface area for beneficial mosses and bacteria <laughs> to grow. And it's like eight-minute videos of that over and over, and that's all I watch. Um, shoveling peanut butter in my mouth on the couch, just that sounds good. It's really good. See, I just see the YouTube videos that a five-year-old boy is watching, which is the worst man ever. Being like, "Yeah, whoa, what's up?" Have you for found like any an like weird, creepy stuff? I was reading these stories of like kid YouTube kind of. The algorithms take it into some unsettling places for some reason. You found any weird stuff? Oh, like um, it's yeah, like not, not malicious, but like slowly the humanity is being stripped from the from the children's shows until you're in some sort of like Twilight Zone (laughs) children's show. Like the I don't know if you guys have seen the Wiggles on Netflix. Probably um. Maybe Lucy, because you're mm. you're now in the presence of children. Um, but the the Wiggles show on Netflix is like that, where it it exists in this other like they don't mean for it to be in Tidy Town, but like it's somehow it's ended up there, where everyone's just like dead eyed, oh. and um, like the entire set is just shiny and covered with a specularity that is like alien to us yeah yeah it's, like, it's, have you seen blippy theo no blippy. i didn't know about this my Finn's not up to blippy best yet. friend what? and her baby she's like have you seen this fucking blippy cunt <laughs> and he's just this guy <laughs> oh i hate this that dude. does I'm like sorry. kids videos but he also like 
where was the story? He used to do porn or something. Yeah, what? yeah, no, I, I've heard of. I've yeah, heard we of gotta this. cover this Is story this man at some Australian? point. No, he's he's European, right? He's I'm some kind a of European. Picture of him in the. Uh, in the dark here. I'm just Googled, like, the first line is from BuzzFeed News, and it says, Before he was blippy, a Mr. Rogers for the YouTube age, no, he was Steezy Grossman, and he pooped on his friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got an X videos link that says, oh, no. Blippy shitting on a man's ass. <laughs> uh, John started making gross-out videos in 2013 under the persona oh. of Steezy Grossman, a boy who was born as poop after his parents had <laughs> anal sex. What? Under his steezy Grossman alias, John developed videos such as Turd Boy and Underwear Man. Uh, yeah, there you go, Lucy. In a 2013 video, John performed the Harlem Shake on a toilet and defecated on a naked friend. <laughs> Come on. What country is this guy from? Yeah. I have to uh, know the US. Oh, oh. say what state we got? Ellensburg, wow. Washington. That's shocking. That's yeah. I feel like that's some real um some real Dutch vibes that he's got going on to him. Um, you know, a character that was a turd. He's got those lensless glasses too, like they're orange ones. I don't appreciate that. Yeah, I'm looking at that picture of Blippi's face. Uh, don't like it, but apparently this is what kids love right now. Yeah, I don't like that they compared him to Mr. Rogers. That's offensive. Mr. Which, Rogers would never shit on another man's ass. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, we saw that Tom Hanks movie, I think. I don't think he did that. <laughs> I don't think he did that. I don't think he had sex. <laughs> Hello, neighbor. He's... Uh, we watched... Um, we've tried, we tried to watch Sesame Street, but I think... I know Sesame Street started off as the uh, like education service for uh, you know the whole swathes of America that was being left behind at that time, yeah. largely mm. black. Um yeah. Right now, it's just this maddening, uh, like, it's like watching hyperpop for children. Oh, oh just, really? There's just shit flashing up all of the time. It runs at, like, one million miles per hour. And I suppose it's sort of like, this is what American children actually need on screen for them to pay attention to. But is, is it also, like, where this came from? I don't know. Like, That's Play wild. School is very calm. And it's got it's got Rachel on it. Who's my friend? Cool. This yeah. is a pro Rachel podcast. Pro Rachel. Is, is Big Bird still involved on the Sesame Street? Is who, who? Sorry. Big Bird. Big Bird. No. Big Bird. Put him down. No. Yeah. He broke. Took him wind. out back and shot him. <laughs> no. Oh. Kids need something new. I was, was going <laughs> to yeah, do a try and do a blippy. They're not blippy. Not really Jesus. getting the the Big Bird demographic anymore. <laughs> well, Kids well. are no longer interested in Big Bird. Big Bird's down twenty points season. <laughs> <laughs> Our big bird metrics are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to shoot him with a big gun. Oh, You'd need, need an elephant rifle gun. for that guy. You'd need a big gun for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo, yeah. Elmo would definitely do it. Yeah, yeah tears rolling down his face. <laughs> I bet, uh, I bet, I'm to stop recording. Yeah, that'll you do know, for. I think that'll do for us. this week's I'm episode. thinking about Big Bird still. I'm but, thinking yeah. about Big Bird too. R.I.P. <laughs> and uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, which I believe is a part of Freemium Freebrary, which continues yeah. right to the end of February. Jesse, did you know you're on Freemium Freebrary? Yeah, sorry, oh, I should have told free- you that. That's such yeah. a, uh, that's what a joy that is. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is not even going to be behind paywall. You can, can you send guys- it to uh, all your relatives and friends. 
who will be like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. Oh, that like, was cool, like Papa, four minutes later. that was later. really good, Papa. Yeah. I know you didn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. That's at least 50 minutes. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, that's so great. Though. Wait, can you guys say February one more time? No, Freeberry. it's Premium February. Premium February. Oh, that has an R in the I see. Mm. I want to need somebody to write that down, maybe, but... Don't worry, yeah, I'll write yeah, it down. You, yeah, you, can, down. you can practice saying Freemium Freeberry. It's a snappy name, and it means that you're getting the bonus podcast for free. If you like this bonus podcast, you can sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Ubuntu Vista. Please do. It's worth it. It's yeah. great Patreon. There's, there's two prior Ocean Man episodes there, is. there for you there's to There's two to. more Ocean Man episodes in there, and there's a lot more me and Theo, if that's, yeah. if that's more if that's, your vibe. If that's what oh, you're, yeah. into, you're into. That's you're what you're into. kind of sick freak that we need, need on the Patreon right now. That's right. All right. Everyone, enjoy your week. Don't get decompressed or compressed. Hmm. I still don't really quite... They're they're relatively the same thing in my mind. Both sound bad. Everything in moderation, folks. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Bye. Bye. Bye.